0: One, two, three, four topics that we're going to cover in this chapter. They have to do with foolishness, deceit, laziness, and quarrelsomeness. I guess that's a word, right? For a person who's argumentative. All right. Foolishness, I think we know what that means. We'll we'll talk the most about that. Deceit, what is deceit? It it is that... um, not being honest, not being true, not being real, being deceitful, being, um, um, well, in Matthew, Jesus talked to the Pharisees about their deceitful practices, um, their hypocrisy and those types of things, not being what we know we should be. A laziness is something that, um, it's like I have to be reminded of that, because I can get in a, in a... I can get comfortable in a in a, in a situation where I'm not doing what I need to do and have to push myself to move forward. And I think um, we may not consider ourselves lazy persons pe- people but we can have lazy modes and lazy times and we have to we have to challenge ourselves in that. So let's look at these traits. Um, I'm going to be skipping around in verses because that's the way the chapter goes. Let's look at some of the foolish traits that we are warned um, not to be or to to, to, um, to observe that and understand that that's the kind of person that's um, person that's living those traits and we, we're to be cautioned about that person. In the very first verse, it says, like snow in summer or rain in harvest, so honor is not Fitting for a fool. What does that mean? Yeah. It's out of place. We get the picture of snow in the summer. It's like, what is that doing here? Shouldn't be dealing with this now. <clears throat> Honor is not appropriate for a fool. And look at verse 8 as well. Somebody could read that for me. What does that mean? buying stone, a stone in a sling. Put in our day and age, loading a gun, right? <laughs> you don't handle a loaded gun. You don't hand a loaded gun to a fool, right? Um, you don't give honor to a fool. Sometimes we think that, hey, if I just treat this person a certain way, they'll change their ways. Um, be careful about ignoring the trait of that person, and, and, and uh, so that's that's the caution. There, verse three. Someone read that. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. The beating? <laughs> okay. <laughs> they, yes, it, it's an appropriate. Sometimes it's the only thing they respond to. Um, a whip for a horse, a rod for, for, um, for the back of a poop. Punishment is appropriate, needed, necessary, for a person who doesn't listen to wisdom. Um, let's read verse 4 and 5 together. This is, this is what this is teaching us. It requires a lot of wisdom to deal with a foolish person. They don't have wisdom. They don't use it, but it requires a lot of wisdom to deal with them. Um, you know, Think about that. Um, if you're uh, a supervisor on a job, it takes a lot of wisdom to deal with someone who uh, is, is foolish um, by nature. And in verse 6, whoever sends a message by the hand of a fool cuts off his own feet and drinks violence. What's the point there? (laughs) Can you think of a scenario, What, what happens when, what can happen, what's the danger there? You send, it says, whoever sends a message by the hand of a fool. And what, what's going to happen? A big mess, right? A big mess. Um, Proverbs says a lot about our speech and the importance of our words and how we say something, how we come across to people. Um, and, and a foolish person will totally disregard that and make something a bigger mess than, than it was before. All right, verse 9, verse 7 and then verse 9. Now, that's a colorful picture isn't it I mean the the Proverbs has ways to describe things. that's why Jesus did Proverbs that way he did his parables that way it it just stood out to people it says like a lame man's legs which hang useless is, yeah, um, is a proverb in the mouth of fools in other words they they don't receive wisdom. They don't put it into practice. It does absolutely no good for them. It's like something that should be useful, but it's not useful at all. In fact, not only is it not useful, but verse 9 takes it another step. Somebody can read that for us. Not only is this word of wisdom not useful to them is something that they're going to hurt themselves with. It's going to bring hurt to them. They're hurt by it. Alright, let's look at verse 10, then 18 and 19. Like an archer who wounds everyone is one who hires a passing fool or drunkard. in verse 18. Um he's reckless and indiscriminate, right? Um you've probably seen this you you uh you're trying to reconcile somebody who's angry um just won't be reconciled they just won't listen to any kind of reason. they They're going off. Their language is just incredibly um, um, hurtful, reckless, and they don't care who they're saying it to and why they're saying it. Now, the Bible wants us to get a picture of this because we all have those moments. Now, that should not be our trait, but it's saying recognize when you see that, when you see this adult acting like a three-year-old, realize that that we can be that way sometimes, and it doesn't look good. It's not a pleasant thing. It's not something that we should be proud of. Um, So we learn to see that in in other people so that we don't see it or other people won't see it in in us. He's indiscriminate. He's reckless. He's very hurtful. What's the verse? He says, um, like a a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death doesn't, not concerned about whoever he might hurt. I think about people, the way they drive now. Um, I've, I've seen people speed off and drive reckless and I get a closer look at them. I'm not picking on females, but this, this person will be a, a mother with small children in the back. Like, what were you thinking? Why do you do such a thing And and and, and they're gonna be the ones that hang the little teddy bear up on the tree somewhere when when somebody is killed and and want all of this um, recognition and attention and how we have to stop the violence and the reckless driving and blah, blah, blah. Um, Change your your behavior. So um, yeah, let's look at verse 11. like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. This is a very graphic illustration again, um, but Proverbs gives those graphic illustrations so we get the point. This is a person, a foolish person is one who doesn't learn um, and will repeat the same thing over and over and over again. Mm Mm-hmm. yeah and when you think about that we have that foolish sin nature in us and we don't know that we could be looking like that at times but I think the Bible wants us to have a portrait of that so that we won't pattern ourselves that way we'll see what it's like it's like a mother with small children and seeing an adult act in an inappropriate way like telling you see that you see that woman over there we don't act like That's the way not to act. Unfortunately, we get too many examples of that. Learning, what do they call it? A a learning of uh, uh, um, opportunities. And then verse 12 really emphasizes that. Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? That's just what Donald was talking about. They don't know. Um, You see a man who's wise in his own eyes. There is more hope for a fool than for him. And so it's really talking about that person who doesn't acknowledge um, his own behavior and, and the, the consequences of those. You can't tell him anything. You can't tell him, he knows, he, he, he you know, you can't teach him anything. Verse 17, I'm gonna leap with that as well. Um, Whoever meddles in a quarrel, not his own, is like one who takes a passing dog by the ears. Um, he's stirring up trouble, stirring up trouble instead of, uh, I, I've done this before where two people are at each other and you're trying to separate and you're trying to bring peace. Neither one of them wants to stop. It's like they won't have sense to not keep stirring the pot, keep causing trouble. I've had that instance where, um, a young lady was having an argument with somebody. I guess she had a relationship. I don't know what the relationship was. Um, And I was trying to tell the guy to just walk away, just ignore her, because the more she said, the more angry and upset he became. Like, man, you're just going to have to walk away. But she wouldn't let him. She wouldn't let him. She just kept going after him, kept going after him, kept going after him. And I, I just wanted to say, I'm trying to help you out here. I don't want this man turning on you. I'm trying. Would you please shut up and walk the other way? But you can't tell him anything. Stirring up trouble. Stirring the pot. All right. Next topic in here is the the topic of deceit. We'll look at a few verses with that, and um, maybe we'll just end it right there. Run it out of time. Verse 23 through 26. Actually, 23 through 28 deals with deceit. Let me just read that and then we can take a few things here. Like the glaze covering an earthen vessel are fervent lips with an evil heart. Think of how that's a picture of deceit. right? Glaze covering an earthen vessel. It's like a clay but it's gold plated. It looks like something on the outside but it's not really that deceitful we we give off this impression that we are this or we are that when really on the inside we're something totally different verse 24 whoever hates disguises himself with his lips and harbors deceit in his heart like i'd rather have somebody say they they they, they hate me then they act as if they're my friend and in their heart they're just being deceitful they're not my friend at all um was saying again something on the outside but different on the inside deceitful all right the next verse when he speaks is continuing that thought when he speaks graciously believe him not but there are seven abominations in his heart though his hatred be covered with deception his wickedness will be exposed in the assembly um take that to say you know this person, you, even though they say good things, you do not believe them, you do not trust them, and he's, he's covering up that hatred in his heart. But at some point, it's going to be exposed. And that's the thing about um, God, how he, he does expose those kind of things. And it's interesting to me, he says, it's going to be exposed in the assembly. In other words, a deceitful person, the last thing they want is for everybody to put two and two together and talk to each other and work it out like he told me this, but he told you something else. Wow. And it starts to unravel the deceit of this person, the lies that they have made and so forth. The more you have that assembly type moment, you begin to expose the deceit of a person. In other words, deceit likes to work in, in secrecy, one-on-one, but not putting the whole group together. And we do well to put the whole group together. You do that as a family, you do that as a church. You don't have just isolated situations. You talk and find out what's really going on. Um, in, in the drug addiction, we call it, um, when you all come to that moment where you confront this person on, on what it is they've done. But That's not just drug addiction, that's sin, period. You've been acting this way over here and acting this way over here and acting this over here. And when we all get together, and share, we can see the true picture that's being painted, and now we can confront you with that picture, and now you need to deal with it. All right, my time is up on that. We'll, we'll finish up this chapter next week.
1: Good evening, saints. We're going through Ezekiel still in our meditation. And in this arc of Ezekiel, you know, sometimes when you go through long books, it's almost like you watch your favorite show. And your favorite show has different seasons. And that's how it is kind of when you go through books of the Bible that have, you know, more than 15 chapters or so. And this is how Ezekiel is. We're in this new season. And in this season of Ezekiel, the main enemies are people who are rebels against God's word. Okay? So just think about this season is just like enemies of the spoken word of the gospel. When we turn to Ezekiel 13, you're going to see it Ezekiel 12 talked a lot about it too. But Ezekiel 13, he kind of expands on the point. So let's just Break it down. We'll read it first, and then we'll break it down. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel, who are prophesying, and say, to those who, and say to those who prophesy from their own hearts, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Woe to the foolish prophets, who follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. Your prophets have been like jackals among the ruins, O Israel. You have not gone up into the breaches, or built up a wall for the house of Israel that it might stand in the battle on the day of the Lord? They have seen false visions and lying divinations. They say, declares the Lord, when the Lord has not sent them, and yet they expect him to fulfill their word. Have you not seen a false vision and uttered a lying divination whenever you have said, declares the Lord, although I have not spoken? Therefore thus says the Lord God, because you have uttered falsehood and seen lying visions, therefore behold, I am against you, declares the Lord God. My hand will be against the prophets who see false visions and who give lying divinations. They shall not be in the council of my people, nor be enrolled in the register, of the register of the house of Israel, nor shall they enter the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord God, precisely because they have misled my people, saying, Peace, when there is no peace. And because when people build a wall, these prophets smear it with whitewash, and say to those who smear it with whitewash that it shall fall. There will be a deluge of rain, and you, O, great hailstones will fall, and a stormy wind will break out. And when the wall falls, will it not be said to you, Where is the coating with which you smeared it? Therefore thus says the Lord God, I will make a stormy wind break out into my wrath, and there shall be a deluge of rain in my anger, and great hailstones and wrath to make a full end. And I will break down the wall that you have smeared with whitewash, and bring it down to the ground, so that its foundation will be laid bare. When it falls, you shall perish in the midst of it and you shall know that I am the Lord. Thus I will spend my wrath upon the wall and upon those who smeared it with whitewash, and I will say to you, the wall is no more, nor those who smeared it. The prophets of Israel who prophesied concerning Jerusalem and saw business of peace for her when there was no peace, declares the Lord God. And you, son of man, set your face against the daughters of your people who prophesy out of their own hearts. Prophesy against them. And say, thus says the Lord God, woe to the women who sew magic beads upon their wrists and make veils for the heads of persons of every stature in the hunt for souls. Will you hunt down souls belonging to my people and keep your own souls alive? You have profaned me among my people for handfuls of barley and for pieces of bread, putting to death souls who should not die and keeping alive souls who should not live by your lying to my people who listen to lies. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against your magic bands, with which you hunt the souls like birds, and I will tear them from your arms, and I will let the souls whom you hunt go free, the souls like birds. Your veils also I will tear off, and deliver my people out of your hand, and they shall be no more in your hand as prey, and you shall know that I am the Lord, because you have disheartened the righteous falsely, although I have not grieved him, and you have encouraged the wicked, and that he should not turn from his wicked way to save his life. Therefore you shall no more see false visions Nor practice divination I will deliver my people out of your hand And you shall know that I am the Lord What's going on in chapter 13 Unlucky chapter 13 Well There's two main groups That's being addressed here right One these spiritual men and the second one will be these spiritual ladies and it just so happens that they kind of act in different ways and in similar ways so when we talk about the spiritual men what's going on well what they want to do is they want to build people up with a false sense of confidence and tell them that judgment is not coming They psych people up, and then when people find out the judgment does come, they're useless. Because the judgment will come. Let's think about a few things here that is wrong with these people. And let's just talk about it in the current age. We got a lot of people that claim to speak for God today. And a lot of them should be quiet. It's sad what I hear a lot of people say. I was just at a wedding the other day, and I did the wedding. Thank God I did my first wedding. And then other people said they were inspired by what I was saying, and they was kind of a little off-base. Saying things they shouldn't say. Some people ought to just not even say anything. Right? It will be for the best. Other times, some people just want to say something. And here's the problem when you get up in front of people. A lot of people don't realize this. When you get in front of people, you have a temptation to say what you think will make the people that are in the crowd happy. And the problem is, a lot of times what people do is, when they get up in front of people, they have an objective and they say, I want the crowd to feel this way. And they'll say what it takes to make them feel that way, or at least they think they try to do that, right? Yeah. That's kind of why I hate K-Love sometimes. Because I turn it on, and the people always try to be all, you know, soft and, and juicy in the heart, you know, when they come in there, and they be like, you know, and I I was just thinking about it. you. like, stop. This is an act, okay? First off, I can't stand acting when it's not acting. hate that. But the second thing is, you're trying to make me feel a certain way. Why don't you just say the truth? Everything now had to be soft and sensitive. That's not every moment. This chapter is not that moment. There's no sensitive moments in this chapter. Right? There's sensitive chapters in the Bible. This is not one of them. You can't read, you telling me you can't read this chapter? When you read this chapter, do you see the passion? Do you see the fire that's going on here? Do you see the brimstone that's being preached? But if you try to preach brimstone in 1 Corinthians 13, you will be wrong. But that's not in that chapter. Don't insert what's not in God's word into God's word. That's basic truth, right? Simple enough. But what we tend to do is we get tempted and we want to make people feel a certain way. And lots of churches do that people get up there every day. I just heard a sermon a few months back. Dude was just lying. I know it's three people in here. Just like Jesus went in the grave for three days, came back on the third day, it's people in here in the depths. But you're going to rise up in three days. Three people in here are going to rise up and they business going to be saying, yeah, brother, yeah. Three people going to rise up from they, they hospital bed. Yeah, brother, yeah, that's me. Nobody stopped to count was it actually three for the people in here going through the wilderness how you know did anybody touch that nobody even cared you know why they just wanted it to be true they just wanted it to be true that's it it ain't no different you go to an imam church and he hate the Jews he hate the Jews before he don't need a reason he just hate the Jews ain't no different than going to a KKK rally they hate blacks Go to a Black Lives Matter rally. They might hate whites. They hate to the hate. They don't need a reason. Some people just get up there and they say what they say. The sad thing is, God condemns the listeners too because why? They like to listen to that. People speak fake things because you like to listen to fake things. It wouldn't work. If you were honest and resolute and stood on what you should stand on, these churches wouldn't be filled, right? But they feel why? Because people like being lied to. He says, set your face against the daughters of men. What's going on with these daughters? They're witches. They're practicing witchcraft. They do their horoscope. They got all kind of stuff going on be careful about the occult it's not as cute as it appears it's not fun and games satan ain't playing with you if he get his hands on you he will definitely not be gentle with you be careful with that a lot of these people are fakers and scammers and then when they do actually find a real spirit they don't know what to do with them just like the witch of Endor. remember her called up. She was just thinking she was going to play a game, and guess who came up? Samuel came up. She was scared. Some of them are real, like Balaam. Balaam really did talk to the Lord. Still in hell. Some of them really do have some powers, but they'll be useless against the wrath of God to come. Here's the thing. People are always out there doing different things people who preach falsely, mainly men, they like to make you believe in them. But believing in them will not save you from the day of the Lord to come. Some of these people, mainly women, who push witchcraft, you can't trust them. When God judges them, their witchcraft will not save you. Their omens will not predict when the Lord really comes. They'll be just as surprised as everybody else when God's judgment really does come. But what can we say in these things? One last point I'll make is this. People always say, don't preach against people. Well, what does verse 2 say? Son of man prophesy against the prophets of Israel. What does verse 17 say? Set your face against the daughters of your people. Sometimes you do got to preach at people. If the Lord tells you to. Right? If the Lord tells you to. You can't be afraid to go up against these people. And they may say lies and they may convict people. And just like it says in this, they may aim to make you feel bad for doing Right? to make somebody feel good for doing wrong but don't be fooled trust in this word in this word there's hope amen
2: all right good evening now that we are off of the internet have a special shout out to my good friend, Jamar. <clears throat> Happy birthday. No. Happy birthday, Jamar. It is your birthday today. Just in case you forgot, we didn't. <laughs> Happy birthday, my friend. Good to see you, dude. <laughs> oh, in preparation for prayer tonight, I want to read a hymn from Chapter 3 of Systematic Theology. This is one that's titled, O Word of God Incarnate. O Word of God Incarnate, O wisdom from on high, O truth unchanged, unchanging, O light of our dark sky, we praise thee for the radiance that from the hallowed page a lantern to our footsteps shines on from age to age. The church from her dear master received the great Received the gift divine, and still that light she lifteth over all earth to shine. It is the golden casket where gems of truth are stored. It is the heaven drawn picture of Christ, the living word. It floateth like a banner before God's host unfurled. It shineth like a beacon above the darkling world. It is the chart and compass that over life's surging sea, mid mists and rocks and quicksands, still guides, O Christ, to thee. O make thy church, dear Savior, a lamp of purest gold, to bear before the nations thy true light as of old. O teach thy wandering pilgrims by this their path to trace, till clouds and darkness ended, they see thee face to face.